Welcome to the Sustainability Report podcast. Inspiration and insight from sport and sustainability champions. Here's your host, Matthew Campelli. Hello and welcome to the Sustainability Report podcast. I'm Matthew Campelli. This week, we're exploring how organizations can engage high-profile athletes in sustainable development projects. And who better to discuss that with than Jürgen Griesbeck, the founder of the Common Goal Movement. Common Goal was thrust into the public's consciousness in August 2017, when Manchester United and Spain midfielder Juan Mata became its first ambassador, pledging to donate 1% of his salary to Football for Good projects. Since then, more than 100 players and coaches, including Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, Giorgio Chiellini, and most recently Jürgen Klopp, have followed Mata's lead, generating more than 1 million euros in donations. Jürgen will explain how the movement got started and its evolution over the past two years. He would also discuss his ambitious plan to get the whole football ecosystem involved in Common Goal by 2030. Enjoy the show. So, Jürgen, thanks for joining us on the show today. It's really great to have you. Thank you, Matthew. Always a pleasure. So it's been about two years since Common Goal uh, first started up. Um, so it'd be great in the first instance, Jürgen, if you could talk a little bit about the background, the conception of Common Goal for our listeners that don't know too much about it and the kind of progress you've seen in those two years. Sure, no, happy to. So like even before starting Common Goals, like Common Goal two years ago, um, we had already like invested more than 15 years um, with Street Football World into identifying organizations that were using um, football as a tool to either increase or accelerate all kind of social issues. So there was um, like a very in-depth work done already when when the idea of Common Goal came up like around about 2016, um, where there was already like this sector of football for good, if you want, um, that had already agreed on quality standards of implementation when using football as a tool. Um, there was an understanding of open sourcing, um, like experience, knowledge, etc., and also like an ethical and, 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 and value framework, if you want, on how to go about the work. So that, that was very important in the moment when, when launching Common Goal, therefore I'm mentioning it and um, also like this as, as this sector, like the football for good sector was maturing, consolidating itself as, as mentioned. At the same time, football, the, the football industry has, has grown into what we can see today, like quite a, a, a powerful economy. And, and we were wondering why like these two uh, manifestations of football, like football as a commercial product and on the other side, football as a tool for social change. Um, like looking at, at these two worlds of football and wondering why, why they weren't like solidly systemically connected, we thought what would be a, a way to bridge like, like these two worlds. Um, and, and that was the reason why we came up with the idea of common goal, which like every euro that is generated thanks to commercializing the game would invest one cent in a, in a social impact fund. And in order to get it started, we thought, okay, this is actually not a, a proposition of a, of a non-profit called Street Football World, but it, it should actually be a desire and a movement from within the industry. And therefore, the reason that, that, that we decided that ideally this, this would be driven by, by the football players themselves as leaders of this movement. And, and so the, the, the concept 
if you, if you, if you boil it down, is, is looking for footballers and even football entities to dedicate 1% of their wage or, or their revenue to sustainable development projects. You talk about 15 years of working within this football for good and football for development world. Then all of a sudden you're working with people like Juan Mata, Alex Morgan, Giorgio Chiellini. It must have been quite surreal to go from working for 15 years to suddenly seeing it take off. The ambition was to launch the idea of Common Goal with 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 a group of, of players, ideally with a starting eleven. And we were unable, even with the support and the already existing commitment of Juan, to really like get through to um, to players to actually join the course. Obviously, it was not existent at the time, and the uh, and and the proposition was probably a little bit more theoretical because it wasn't live. But at the same time, it was quite surprising to us that, like, with the effort of a year or so, obviously us as outsiders, and 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 we haven't dealt with football industry in the inside before, and but with already an existing commitment of one of like quite a, a recognized Manchester United player who has a standing in the industry, we thought, okay, we we, we should be able to actually have some more on board once we launch. Um, but we came like to August 2017 and, and we hadn't been able to, and therefore we just went live with Juan. So, so with Juan, how, how did, what was the process of identifying Juan as one of the players that you wanted to engage yeah, the, um, with street football world, we were quite hesitant over, the, over all these 15, 16 years um, of our work to to link with with say celebrity ambassadors. As we as we know, like um, many of the football players are exposed to a world that makes it sometimes very difficult, like to uh, to develop like your personal life, like very according to uh, to what a role model would look like. But then um, we heard, we listened to a quite an interesting interview of Juan Mata in the Spanish television, where he was talking about things that that felt like right to us, and 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 he expressed it in a way that we felt that was very authentic and genuine. So we did some further investigation, and then um, and then tried to establish contact. We're successful with that, and it clicked very quickly. So so we felt really comfortable. So and and, and actually, Juan initially joined as an as the first ambassador of off street football world alongside uh, Megan Rapinoe from the female um, game side. So when we started then with common goal, um, it was, it was like building on, on an existing relationship with Juan as a rep, like as a face for, for the whole world of football for good. And then one after, after one got on board and uh, there was lots and lots of press coverage. I mean, Almost all of the newspapers, at least in the UK, had coverage of one joining this this common goal movement. And then you said previously it was difficult getting other players on board, but it quickly snowballed after that, didn't it, Jürgen? You saw lots of other players get involved in the project uh, quickly thereafter. Yeah, to a certain degree, um, there there was like, um, as I mentioned, Megan was already close to to street football world, so she was one of the first to follow, and after her, Alex Morgan, and and then there was. Quite, still one of the the most exciting moments when when Giorgio Cellini sent us um, his email presenting himself and asking if he could also join and so it, it was different ways. Um, Mats Hummels joined very quickly. Then Serge Gnabry joined, um, still playing at Hoffenheim at that time. So so there was a level of snowball effect. Um, also, people who then felt close to those like close from a like emotionally close or um, a friendship or or they had shared part of their careers or, or so. 
um, started to join Common Goal at the beginning. And, and then it was quite an organic growth, if you want, until today. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, when you, when you mentioned that kind of diversity of players, I mean, you mentioned people like Chiellini and Juan Mata, who are obviously household names, they're, they're big, big footballers. But when you, when you mentioned people like Megan Rapino and Serge Nabry, who perhaps at the beginning of their Common Goal um, journey, were not so well known, but now now they're both big superstars. I mean, that must be fantastic that you've recruited these guys early to some extent and they're really growing into really well-known football players. It's also like a manifestation of the fact that performance on the field and purpose off the field can can really go nicely together. I mean, probably a, a culmination of, of that statement was Megan Rapino during the, the Women's World Cup this year, like exposing herself to a conversation with her president and 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 stating quite eloquently like her position and why she would say what she was saying etc and still she was um, golden boot and world champion and best player of the tournament so it, it's quite interesting I think if you look at it from that perspective that it's not just like um, players like maybe from an early common goal contact to further down the line growing with their with with their celebrity status or becoming massive players but also on from the from the other perspective to say hey this could happen um with a serious purpose of the field alongside and and dedicating time energy resources um to some to something that's not necessarily intimately related to their footballing career like, for example, the football club that has joined Common Goal entirely, FC Nordschelland in Denmark, they're actually building their whole club and player development principle on, on saying that a better person is a better player or has the potential to become a better player. Um, and also, like, from many players we're hearing, hey, um, we have just started to lose contact with our fan base, um, like, a purpose um, outside the field or being um, connected to something that is not just scoring goals or performing according according to the expectations on the field is actually helping me to like broaden my relationship with the fan base in a way that I'm not only like my value is not only measured if I perform on the pitch but actually like who I am as a person and I think that in terms of player-fan relationship has been something that repeatedly has been brought to us by the players as a motivation in the first place and then also as, a, as an experience when they ha- once they had joined Common Goal. Have you proactively gone after players that you think are a good fit or have some of them come to you and said, look, I really want to be part of this? In terms of, of recruiting, um, if we want to use that term, um, I think different elements need to come together in order to to allow for um, the start of a conversation with a football player, at least in our experience. So one is obviously the football player needs to be in a, in a situation where he or she is on the search for something and comes already with a clear understanding of what her or his purpose in life is beyond playing football or starts to to get to a level where where he or she thinks I would want to give back but are kind of looking for the right thing the right way um that's one thing the other one is um their environment so there's representatives there's clubs there's family and there needs to be like a an open mind um so that you would gain access to uh, to a to a player especially the male player thirdly i mean we we need to be aware of of that situation of that player that um and that's 
down to our research. And, and if, if such a situation comes together, there is a very good probability that a player uh, might join Common Goal. So once we speak actually with a player, so there is the, um, the gates are lifted, if you want, like from his environment, mainly in, in, the, in the case of female players, it's, it's easier because it's not so many gates. There's, it's, it has been like 90 plus percent of players who have joined once we had the situation. If we don't get to that situation, like speaking to a player personally, the success rate is below 10%. So there is information and trust like lost in translation, I guess. Right at the very top of the conversation, you talked about the fact that you, you, you didn't know why there'd been, there hadn't been a link between professional football and its commercial element and football for the development projects. But, but why do you think Common Goal has captured the imagination so much? Because I think when, if you look at it, there aren't many football for development projects that have caught the imagination from football players or the media or the general public in, in the way that Common Goal has. Yeah, um, like in, in general terms, uh, I, I would think um, when Common Goal started, it coincidentally actually started on, on the same day when, the, when, when Neymar presented himself as a new player of PSG in a press conference. It was like half an hour later without us really being aware of it. But, but I think it, it, it sparked imagination of people because it became a kind of counter narrative to to the ever growing like numbers um in in economic terms in in football and and it became like as many of of the followers or or, or the fans of common goal stated and still and still state uh, like the, the the light at the end of the tunnel and and i'm i'm proud to be a football fan again while like following um this collective um, commitment of of players who are joining Common Goal. So that's on a on a general level. It's it's interesting. I don't know how much of 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 it influences actually the minds of people, but but Common Goal is is just like building on on the essence of football, like on team play. And we're just saying, hey, football te- is team play as much as social changes. And from a football perspective, maybe football fans, I think. It's very much this um, what I what I mentioned before. This like giving giving a diff, an additional layer or adding an additional layer to to the game, adding an additional layer to the to the players involved, um, which just like enriches the the relationship, enriches like even the consumption of the game. And on the other side, I I think the um, the fact that the world is in in a state as as we as we have to witness where like um, leaders are are, tr- are trying to to drive us more apart and 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 to do, divide societies just for a for a, for a short term or even individual gain um the fact that we are focusing on a on a collective effort is just again a kind of a counter narrative and what's very much needed if we want to to set this world back on track um and and i think football has this additional um capacity that it is an enabling force, that it is a universal language, that it is connected to the hearts and the passion of people. So in, in many cases, this is not just about the, the footballers uh, and, and, and clubs providing 1% of their salary. It's, they actually get involved in the projects they want to fund and, and they're quite proactive about it. Yeah, the 1% is just the mechanic that's built behind. Actually, be, the, much more important right now is the level of inspiration um, the players who join the common goal movement are are able to spread among 
the constituency, like any any other actor in the football industry who feels like attracted by the idea that a player, male, female, a manager, male, female, or even a an institutional leader like Alexander Cheferin who joined Common Goal, they feel attracted by the idea and follow. So th that part of like players talking about it and actually telling the story of, of their own why they are joining Common Goal is probably the most important element to us. Then the 1% is just a, the standard that's put behind. It's just like the, the mechanic that only will be relevant if we make it a standard or get somewhere close. If not, it's just a collective of players that are giving a very little portion of, of their earnings into a collective fund that only if, if it's uh, adopted by, by many, if not all, becomes a real game changer. Before that, it's, it's a beautiful initiative, but it's not a real game changer. So therefore, the inspiration is, is really important. Then you're referring to, to the organization. So first of all, we're listening to the players and they would tell us like their, their preferences in terms of geography, also social topic. And we would then match that with an organization we trust when it comes to quality delivery on the ground. And that's back to the 15 years plus we have worked in identifying these organizations, getting to know these organizations, really start to trust in these organizations and now feel like comfortable um, when putting these organizations in front of of football players recommending them to to deposit their resources in any of these organizations and and beyond that what what it, what we can increasingly see is that there is an appetite of the players to actually go and visit which is interesting in two ways one is for us it's obviously the ultimate transparency so you deposit your one percent or some of them more than their one percent to an organization and you end up really traveling and see what happens with the resources you invest in. And there is actually super no filter in between, so everybody can do that. Um, we actually help and stimulate that, that appetite to do it. And, and on the other side, it's, it's also just the, the first-hand experience. So you actually start to, um, to not only hear, but see and, and experience the importance of football when it comes to social change in, in communities anywhere. Um, so we had just Serge Nabri travel back to the Ivory Coast um, with his father and his mother, um, where his father is from, and actually like um, where he has also chosen an organization. Some actually choose very consciously a, a cause that is close to where they live or currently play. So there's different reasons, but it's happening increasingly. Very recently, we did a, we wrote an article about FC New Zealand, and it was fantastic to hear that in, in many cases they'll do preseason friendlies or preseason tours in many of the countries that they're that they're funding with their common goal donations, so that they can, they can play football in the morning and they can contribute to the actual projects in, in, in the afternoon and the evening, and actually really find out what they're what they're actually contributing towards. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, this club FC New Zealand is just just quite such an ex exceptional club, and I I would say like the the very in positive, uh, in a positive way, the very edge of innovation in in football, and how you can holistically be a a modern football club. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talked previously about the fact that um, purpose and on-field performance kind of 
go together. I think you can see from FC New Zealand that for a small club in Denmark, that they've received also a disproportionate amount of media coverage because of their relationship with Common Goal. So that's obviously really, really good for them, just from, I guess, a branding perspective as well. You can speak to anybody in this club and, and they would just tell you the same story they believe in. And if you, if you recently listened to, to their club owner um, who was asked um, when after joining Common Goal, if he, if he wouldn't want to invest this 1% rather in new players than in Common Goal, um, he replied saying, hey, if, if you're a fan of, of North Zealand, this is who we are. Um, if, if, if you don't believe in that, you can choose any other club but but this is what this club is about. So if you're a fan of this club, this is who we are. So you have the choice. I think it's a standard that when they when they do sign new players or offer a new contract, they've got the opt out. You know, it's within the contract that one percent of the salary will go to Common Gold unless the player specifically decides to opt out of that. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just the player; it's also the staff of the club. So it's currently like fifteen or sixteen players, including the manager of of the club, who have joined Common Gold. It's like 42 staff who have who have joined Common Goal and and they also like add it to to the ticketing. So there is on every ticket you buy, there's a one percent that's actually contributed to Common Goal, which is a club's commitment and makes the fan part of the club's project, which which is which is quite extraordinary. So, so what's next for Common Goal, Jürgen? I think that you've generated more than more than a million euros from uh, donations. You've got more than 100, 100 players on board. Now we're looking at clubs and other kind of entities in football. How do you see this growing now? I, I think we still believe like the, the organic growth, um, like we'll continue working with a relatively small team and, and really delivering quality to everybody who joins. That will still be like um, of utmost importance. But obviously, like we have um, put ourselves a an ambition by latest 2030s that the whole football industry would have embedded common goal within the business model of football, which would then, if you take numbers of today, say um, average 50 billion um, a year, it would be a significant amount that could be really invested in the name of football. Um, so so that, being that the ambition, obviously the organic growth can can be much longer for uh, out there, but but we need to get into the exponential growth, and we believe that that this will happen. Like once we have a critical mass of 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 leadership in football joining Common Goal, and I don't know if that's two hundred, five hundred, or two thousand. When when this might tip into enough of a of a presence that would then motivate the institutions like FIFA, UEFA, etc., to really take it on and make it part of. Of, of the system so why not make it part of the tv deals why not make it part of the transfers why not make it part of the competitions etc so there is where where i believe the the big big next leap will will be but if that happens it wouldn't take anything away from football we think it actually adds value to football so we rather see it as a as an investment rather than a donation so it's interesting that you, you mentioned you call it an investment and it's a fantastic ambitious 2030 kind of ambition and plan that you've got but where do you see the main challenge or, or the main obstacle to achieving that plan i think it's very hard to get to get in the minds of of current football leadership, and I'm generalizing. Um, obviously, uh, just as as I mentioned, the UEFA president on a personal level already joined Common Goal, and the conversations we're having with him, they're they're going in the right direction. So, so there is definitely like um, progressive forces here who who understand 
the responsibility of such a treasure like football to actually unlock this potential to contribute to the world in a much bigger way than it's happening right now, which is very sporadic and isolated and, and in many cases not, not truly meaningful. Um, like at, at least not at the level as it could be in, in, if, if we were working all together. Um, so, so I think it's, it's still like this complacency in football quite, quite spread in terms of we don't need to invest actually in, in, in our product because it's selling by itself. Even, even be, even like with all the bad things that, that surfaced over the past years in football, it's still growing to digit and it's still like stadiums, uh, most of them, um, we can observe a um, slight decline, but, but stadiums are still full and things are being invented to, to involve fans in, in all kinds of different ways that, that, con- that will allow football to continue to grow without changing mindset. But I think um, this is ignoring like, um, both the state of the world, the potential of, of the product, um, the importance of the fan, and, and actually like the need for any business to integrate purpose like in the, in the DNA of, of what they are about in order to be relevant in, in a not so far future. So I think it's just not enough of this conviction, enough of this mindset in the football industry. It's been fantastic speaking to you. I really appreciate you talking us through what's happened with Common Goal and I wish you all the best in the future. Thanks, Jürgen. Thank you very much, Matthew. Thanks for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, don't forget to subscribe for future editions to hear more from the champions of the sport and sustainability movement. Also visit sustainabilityreport.com and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn for the latest news, analysis, exclusive interviews and actionable case studies related to sustainability in sport. Bye for now. Bye for now.